Welcome to the G Stereo Sports Hour. Bear witness. Shit! Turn up. Who won it? Who won it? Yeah, I can't like it down now. Who won it? Welcome to the Cheese Dealio Sports Hour, brought to you by the NGSC Radio Network. I'm your host of the Sports Hour, G Stelio. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, G double E S T double E L I O. Also, check out the dot com website, gstelio.com. So, that's it. Football season's over. So, I don't know how much more crap I'm going to talk, really. I don't, I don't know what else to do after football season. After football season, I try to start a new hobby or something because there's nothing else going on, you know. I don't know. Like, I, um, I contacted Nick Celio. I was like, all right, well, let's start making more music. I don't know. Let's work on music. Uh, I, I actually have my novel finished, edited, you know. Now I got to start getting that thing going. So, so I guess life begins when football season ends for me. But at the same time, it's like a part of me is going to die. Because, I mean, of course, the draft will come up. And I'll talk about that to death because I'm a geek about it. But, you know, just in general, man. I mean, it all, and for me, it starts with college football. Once that ends, I know it's all coming to an end. Because my weekends, Saturday, Sunday, that that's it. That's all you're going to see me do is, is watching the pigskin fly, you know. But... New England Patriots, congratulations. New Super Bowl champs. I, I predicted the Patriots to win. I had them win in 25-24. Um, I wasn't really that off. Well, they went by four, you know. And they won by four because Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks have fed into all the fam nonsense surrounding Russell Wilson. Now, let me talk about Russell Wilson. I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago as well. But, but let me just tell you. Like, he played like garbage against Green Bay. And he did not play great in the Super Bowl. Two weeks in a row, no one's talking about it, though. No one's talking about it. Because he wins games, quote-unquote. He he wins games. He makes all the right plays. He has great composure. All that nonsense that people love hearing about, you know. And in this game, I don't know. I'm on the I'm the podcaster who doesn't want to sit down with stats in front of me. So I'm just going to guess. He had something like two completions in the first half, you know. And one of them, and one of them was a ridiculous touchdown pass to Chris Matthews. And the one before that was a ridiculous leaping catch by Chris Matthews. Who's Chris Matthews? Nobody knows. He, he was working at Foot Locker before the Super Bowl, apparently. You know, he was just added to the roster in December. And all of a sudden, he's making all these crazy plays, bailing out Russell Wilson. I'm telling you, man, Russell Wilson is just a top 20 quarterback. And I put him probably 18 or 19 at that. You know, when, when people talk about, oh, man, look look how he is um, in the pocket. He's so hard. He's so hard to get a hold of. Tony Romo's been doing that for years. <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger been doing that for years. And Ben Roethlisberger is a big dude who does that. You know? Oh, he's so hard to catch. Oh, man. Yeah, but he throws like garbage. Chris Matthews had a bail out Russell Wilson on those throws. Let's be honest. 
Russell Wilson throws balls too high, too far away. Chris Matthews all over the place. Who is he? I don't know. All I know is when they put Brandon Browner on Chris Matthews, the show was over. Brandon Browner kind of bodied that kid afterwards. But I'm going ahead of myself over here. Like, let's just talk about the game itself. Tom Brady. First interception was terrible. Second interception, great play by Bobby Wagner. Tom Brady was pretty much systematically breaking down the Seattle defense for four quarters, though. You know, a lot of people thought it was going to be LeGarrette Blunt, 30 carries. No, they went with Brady. They went with their best player, put the ball in his hands to control the fate of the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick didn't look at matchups or anything like that. He didn't look at the fact that Amendola and Edelman and LaFell aren't the kind of athletes that can mess with the Legion of Boom. But let me tell you something. When those boys got the ball, they made work happen. Uh, How many times did the Legion of Boom miss tackles on Amendola and Edelman? One play, Richard Sherman pretty much sailed on the back of Julian Edelman, who just ducked (laughs) because Richard Sherman was trying to light him up. And Julian Edelman just kind of ducks under the hit. And it was like a slip and slide on Julian Edelman's back. and, and, And you see Sherman slide right off him. You know, and of course, everyone's going to say Cam Chancellor wasn't 100%. You know, Richard Sherman wasn't 100%. Earl Thomas wasn't 100%. Even at even if these guys are 80% or 70%, they're still the best secondary in the NFL. Easily the best secondary in the NFL. So instead of doing what everybody thought the Patriots were going to do, was give a heavy dose of LeGarrette Blunt, who they just signed about six weeks ago, and Shane Vereen, they just aired it out. They pretty much let Brady be Brady in this game. Shane Vereen had a great game. Julian Edelman had an outstanding game. Seven or eight catches for 100 yards. A- a- outstanding game for Julian Edelman. If the MVP wasn't Tom Brady, it had to be Edelman. Gronk, for, 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 for all people were saying about the Seattle defense having the athletes in the linebacker position and the best safety tandem in the NFL, Gronk still got his. It was um KJ Wright was lined up with Gronk on the outside, and it was just like it was cookies. Gronk's like screaming, "Give me the ball! Give me the ball!" And Brady just airs it out to him for a touchdown. That was that, that and that was the mismatch. A guy like K, K, KJ Wright it was it was a good linebacker, you know. I mean, he's a good linebacker, not a bad linebacker at all. But Gronk's on another level of athlete. But let's get into it though. Seattle Seahawks right on the goal line. Pound for pound, have the best running back in the NFL. Beast mode. Guy's a monster. You have downs. You got timeouts. The game is yours. Pretty much. You have a ridiculous catch by Curse catching the ball on his back because, you know, things like that happen to the Patriots in Super Bowls. People just make the illest mistakes or have the dumbest luck against the Patriots in a Super Bowl. And it looked like it was going to happen again. It looked like the riding was on the wall for the Pats again. And what happens? They decide to drop back, make Russell Wilson throw a slant pass, which gets intercepted by rookie corner Michael Butler. Out of West Alabama or something, too. I mean, I don't even know what round he got picked. I don't even, I, I don't even know if he was picked. I don't know. He might have been a free. I have no idea. I have no info on Michael Butler for you people. <laughs> Like, I, he he could have been undrafted free agent. I have no idea. 
He actually played a pretty good game, though. But in this instance, he's the one who makes the play of the game, intercepts Russell Wilson at the goal line, game's over. But I'm trying to get into the mind now of Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. And I only come up with one word that was taught to me about seven times in high school. Every time they made you study uh, Julius Caesar, the William Shakespeare play, the word that they beat into your head was hubris, excessive pride. And this goes hand-in-hand with the kind of person Pete Carroll is. Pete Carroll has so much pride, so much bravado. Loves his quarterback. Loves his players. He loves doing that extra thing, you know. He, he likes sticking it to people who don't like him, you know. He, he likes doing it on big stages. He's done it on big stages. You're right there. Just hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. He decides to drop back and force Russell Wilson to try to make this touchdown pass. Why? Because he, like 90% of everybody else who watches sports, is just in love with Russell Wilson. In love with Russell, I'm just better than average Wilson. That's who everybody's in love with. Remember, Marshawn Lynch... You know, he's kind of 50-50 in that locker room. You ask me. You know? And if not the locker room, Marshawn Lynch just isn't good with management. He was ready to retire before the season started because he wanted to get paid. He knows that offense is nothing without him. As much as everyone else wants to talk and glorify Russell Wilson, that offense in Seattle is nothing without Marshawn Lynch. They don't win that game in Green Bay. Without Marshawn Lynch. I shouldn't say in Green Bay, but against Green Bay. Without Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch was helping drive them against New England. But, remember, Pete Carroll's pretty close with ownership. Upper management. And if Marshawn Lynch isn't happy with with Seattle management, then that's kind of going to... It's going to... It's going to make the flock kind of ruffle their feathers when it comes to Pete Carroll. And Pete Carroll's already in love with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, people are already saying him and Andrew Luck this offseason are going to be the biggest signed quarterbacks of all time. Luck, I understand to some degree. Wilson, I don't. So this is an opportunity. The Super Bowl. Pretty much for, for what it's worth, the last play of the game. And instead of giving it to Marshawn Lynch, who the media has been just they're just violently against Marshawn Lynch for reasons that I spoke about last week about how he is with the media. The smart move is giving it to the guy nobody likes to win this game. That's the smart move. It's not like he's going to quit on you. He's trying to win. But instead, you force the issue of Russell Wilson. Once again... He doesn't come up for you in the big game. Everybody keeps saying, oh, he wins, he wins. Stop putting wins and losses with quarterbacks. Because Russell Wilson didn't win that game in Green Bay. Marshawn Lynch did. And the Green Bay Packers kind of did too because they just don't know how to recover onside kicks. But that's another story. And in this game, if the Seahawks would have won... Chris Matthews would have been MVP. Not Russell Wilson. Chris Matthews would have been MVP. 
So if you want to start adding wins and losses, think of it that way. Now, do, do I think Russell Wilson lost his game? No. Because I'm not I'm not that much of a hypocrite. You know, Russell Wilson, <laughs> Russell Wilson was on a losing team. He didn't lose this game. But what I will say is this. If that's Tony Romo throwing that pick, does he get the free pass that Russell Wilson got? No, absolutely not. Matt Ryan, Jake Cutler, Matt Stafford, anybody. Andrew Luck even. No, nobody gets the free pass that Russell Wilson gets. Because the media loves him. They love protecting Russell Wilson. And that love for, for Russell Wilson, that goes from the media to Seattle management to Seattle coaches, that ended up being the end of Seattle. That one play, that one play of excessive pride of Pete Carroll puffing out his chest is saying, watch my quarterback beat Bill Belichick. Because if he would have threw that pass and it would have been caught, oh, Lord, we would have not heard the end of it. Give this guy $35 million a year. Seattle's going to be in a rough spot. I've already, I already said my piece about Russell Wilson. Seattle's going to be in a rough spot because they're going to overpay for Russell Wilson tremendously, and they're going to find out the hard way. When you, when, you, when you realize that Marshawn Lynch's come once every seven, eight years, you're going to realize how hard it is to win with Russell Wilson being that getting that much of your team salary every year. Andrew Luck, I'm on board with. I still think every quarterback gets overpaid ridiculously. You know, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to pay a quarterback $20, 25000000 million. You, you better hope you got something on that offensive line like Dallas did. At least Dallas did it right. Give them credit for that. They paid for their quarterback, but they made sure they gave them an offensive line. Albeit it, it came probably three or four years too late because Romo was <laughs> getting his ass kicked behind the offensive lines that had been there for him. But that's neither here nor there. Regardless, Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. Good for him. And let's talk about Katy Perry. I, she, she, she freaked me out coming on that robotic lion. You know, I didn't think she was going to do roar. I was wrong on that. I thought she was going to open with this is how we do. This is how we do it to even get played. You know, which I never liked that song. I just thought she was going to open with it. But I, I, I really liked the Katy Perry performance. Not because I think she's one of the top five most hottest women alive right now. I think she did a good job. I mean, what do you want from a halftime show? You know, I heard someone on the radio today saying, I want to see dancing and I want to see this. Why? You, you didn't watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> you didn't watch a football game. As long as it ain't Tom Petty or the Who or whenever the NFL was on this old rock kick that they were on, no disrespect to classic rock. No disrespect to classic rock. But I don't want to see a 60- or 7-year-old man on stage during the Super Bowl. Like, give me the hot girl. You know, give me the Beyonce. Give me the Katy Perry. You know, last year, I care front. I love Bruno Mars' performance because Bruno Mars is an entertainer. He's a performer. You know, he'll make anything exciting. You know, he's just, that, that's just in him. He has that kind of Motown, Temptations kind of thing where he'll just dance to every song and he can hit every note. I mean, that kid's unbelievable. But Katy Perry, I mean, for, for what her music is, I thought she did a great job. Then at the end, she's flying or something. Like, I don't, know, I don't know. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have signed up for that, you know. I actually really loved her, um, 
version of Hot and Cold. No, excuse me, not Hot and Cold. Of I Kissed a Girl with Lenny Kravitz. I thought I thought that was awesome with the guitar riffs and everything. I thought that was an awesome collabo. I wish they actually had a studio version of that because it sounded great. You know, and I loved when Missy Elliott came out. I mean, we we kind of need Missy Elliott in hip hop. We need her back, I think. I think Missy Elliott's the kind of artist we kind of took for granted when she was here. Because think about it. Everything Missy Elliott did, Nicki Minaj is kind of running with it right now. You know, Missy was kind of off the wall with her concepts, with her rhymes. And then she would just start singing and she would sing all crazy. That, you know, him and her and Timbaland just, just made great music together. But we kind of took her for granted because she thought outside the box. And now everybody's just weird. Everybody in hip hop is just weird and I don't know. You got, like, crap like Ray Shrumman out and stuff. But, you know, I mean, it was good to see Missy out there, you know. She did a thing, came out dancing. She still got it. You know, it was awesome to see that. So I was all, I was on board with the halftime performance. You know, I still think Beyonce and Bruno Mars did a better job than Katy Perry. But Katy Perry is one of the love of the heartthrobs' lives. So, you know, I appreciated seeing her. I didn't care. You know, and I thought the vocals were fine. Pre-recorded, of course, but I thought it was fine. You know, um... And the commercials, I don't, the commercials really didn't do anything for me. Nothing for me. Like, Doritos usually does a good job, you know. Um, I can't even think of any off, off top of my hand, top, top of my head right now. Then they had that one commercial that, it, it kind of like was the biggest buzzkill during the Super Bowl. And you got to know which one I'm talking about. Where the kid is talking about, I wanted to fly, you know, uh, uh, and I wanted to be a fireman. I wanted to do this. And then he goes, but I couldn't do any of that because I died. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm trying to drink, eat, be and like, I'm trying to drink, eat, enjoy my game with, with my dad. And you could throw this kid on TV saying because I died. And the commercial was for awareness of child safety in the house or something. Like, uh, like uh, how much do these spots cost? $4 million, you know, I think it is. To get on for the Super Bowl, $4 million to be on the Super Bowl spot. There should be a committee, because NFL has committees for everything. There should be a committee of people who review these commercials and be like, look, we understand you got the $4 million entry fee, but we still got to see what kind of quality of commercial this is. And then once you once you pass that quality control, then, you know, we, we take your $4 million deposit, non-refundable, and we play your commercial. Or not. Because that commercial shouldn't have been played, you know. I think Budweiser and, like, those car commercials always do some Super America thing with a dog or something. I'm fine with that. You know, the Kim Kardashian one I thought was actually funny. Uh, the data plan, you know, thought that was good. But, really, there's nothing really hitting on the Super Bowl commercials. Like, ugh, like people want to talk about the halftime show and stuff like that. But just the Super Bowl commercials used to be good. They used to be funny. Now it's just garbage. Then the new Terminator movie, no thank you. Arnold Schwarzenegger looked damn old on that. I, no, thank you. Don't need that in my life. Don't need Arnold Schwarzenegger in my life. I'll tell you that much. But um, we're going to take a short break right now. Not sure what song I'm going to – oh, I know a song I'm going to play. Well, I have EJ on the Ernest Christian, Ernest, uh, Ernestly Speaking radio show. I have, I have made him add this to our, to our podcast on Friday afternoons. Love this song, man. The album, though, Nonfiction by Neo. Woo! Check out the review I actually wrote on it. Um – Great album, Nonfiction by Neo. Great album. Um, but this song right here is uh, Juicy J and Neo. She knows. Just a fun song. Kind of like that strip club kind of club song. You know, do your thing. But we'll be right back. And our guest 
is the lovely Rosalind Ross, aka R.R. Ross. Check out her website, Lady Sings the Sports. Um, she's she's one of my favorite guests I have on. Um, of course, the quality of this audio is gonna be a little, you know, because I got to talk to her on the phone, not just into a microphone. So just be a witness for that. But she's great. Great insight. Me and her have a great back back and forth. She did an article on the NBA about how to, we should stop falling in love with these quote-unquote big three um, units, and I totally agree with her on that. And, of course, we'll get into some Super Bowl talk and get her opinion on it. So uh, stay tuned. Listen to this song. It's a good one. Bounce in your chair, your whip, whatever you're doing, and enjoy yourself. Heartthrob, I'll be right back. You know from the moment she turn around. She know how to back it up and drop it down. She know she want all the fellas looking at. Cause they know soon as a song come on this rap. Yeah. And she loves the attention that she gives. Like, 
since we do the sports thing, it's kind of like you need to be able to hear and mm-hmm. <laughs> and know what's going on and be aware. So I don't really have a lot of Super Bowl Sundays at this point where, you know, I'm sitting around playing cards and, you know, eating wings or whatever. I haven't been to a party in a couple of years. I've had, you know, hung out with a couple of folks. But mainly I, I need to see what's going on in case I end up doing my man's show like three days later. <laughs> So we can talk about what the heck I saw. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You know what? It's funny because like I've been saying this for a while. I I stayed I, I stayed with my pops. I, I've been watching this with my dad pretty much my whole life. So that's that's pretty much yeah. how I keep it. You know, like yeah, right, exactly. yeah, my mom in the kitchen. You know, my my, my mom yeah. made pizza and wings. You know, and then it was just you know it was cool. You know what it is? I can't be around my friends. It sounds weird. I can't be around my friends during the Super Bowl because they'll distract me and say stupid things yeah, and they'll much. detract from the game. <laughs> So I, I'm with exactly. you on that. I need to be focused on the game. I'm with you on that, though. So exactly. who, who were you going for in the game? Were you rooting for anybody, or you were just watching it? Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I feel bad to have to say this, but I was actually rooting for uh, the Seahawks. And yeah. even though I struggle with – sometimes I struggle with Russell Wilson. I'm not really sure why, though. So I don't know if you're <laughs> if you're allowed to ask me why, because – I mean, he seems like a decent enough guy, and he's won a Super Bowl, and he's a talented quarterback. But sometimes I struggle with him. It kind of gets on my nerves, weirdly. Um, but I really yeah, did. Yeah, you know what, it would have cool for Marshawn Lynch to win again. I've, I've been saying for, like, the last two or three weeks, it's come to the point where I'm just sick of Russell Wilson. I don't like him anymore. <laughs> it's come to the point yeah, where exactly. I just don't like him. And, 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 I, and I was breaking down a lot of his game. It's just funny how the media works. Because if the media likes you, they'll protect you. It doesn't matter. Because, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, well, you know what, and, and, and I'll get into this later when we discuss the game, too. The media likes you to protect you. But, like, for me, it's like he, he's he's good. I don't see that elite. I don't see him top five. I mean, it, I, yeah. I don't see it. You know, like, to, to me, like, the elite numbers, it's only, like, two guys in the league who does it, who do it, you know. So, like, I have an issue with Russell Wilson as well. I think he plays to the camera uh, a, a lot more than people really notice. You know, I think he, he's just a smart kid who knows what to say and knows how to act. That that's different from being the right kind of person that that that, that I can roll with. I'm not into I'm not into Russell Wilson. The Seahawks in general, for me though, I'll tell you this: as talented as they are, they're a hard team to root for. They are a hard team, and I you know I agree with that. That's why my rooting for them breaks all the way down to almost singularly down to <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. And even with that, I'm kind of – even with his whole thing that we experienced with him, you know, I had about one more – maybe 24 more hours before I was like, dude, get over yourself and say, you know, we're looking forward to going up up against the Patriots. Yeah, I know. You know, because it's like – this is what I was talking about with my husband. My husband, like, does do you have a cause? Like, is there a cause? When I see someone in this strong of a protest, it needs to have a really – an equally strong cause behind it. I, so it feels kind of baseless to me if you're just not talking because you don't want to. I mean, there's more clever. There are more clever ways to be, um, you know, to be disagreeable, right? So it's get more creative with or something. Like, say, give these short answers. Say, are you looking for? You guys looking forward to going up against Patriots on Sunday? Yes. Next sure. question. Like, give me something. I can... <laughs> sure, I am. Of course I am. I, I, I hear you know, what you're saying. I, I understand. Just, 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 he had some trouble with the media early time, on. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I was gonna say at the same time, I, I kind of give it to the media because they, 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 they're like trying to reinvent the wheel. They're asking this guy questions, and they know what the response is going to be. They're, they're wasting exactly. their whole time with him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I understand he's got an issue with them from like years ago when he yeah had some DUI or something. But again, that you know, I mean, you know that's going to happen to you. You know, if you drive drunk you're going to see your name plastered all over. I mean, many who are awesome have have had it done to them before him. That's just the way of it. But, you know, otherwise it doesn't seem like, you know, give me a stronger cause than that. Like give me a real thing you're fighting for. Like the media doesn't cover kids in my community who are hungry and struggling. Like give me something like that. <laughs> like that and then I'll something. know it's yeah. a cause so it, worth getting it, behind. It, 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 or, or even do what Richard Sherman kind of did last year when 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 he, he was kind of sniping with the media because because I mean I kind of I I have issue with Richard Sherman as well. I think you and me discuss issues with Richard Sherman as well. But like <laughs> yeah. his whole thing was he wanted he didn't want to be that one guy in the defense. He kept seeing the Legion of Boom, the Legion of Boom. You know, like his yeah. whole thing was if you interviewed him, you had an interviewer all Thomas. You had interview, like he wanted his brothers in there with him. Marshall Lynch just doesn't want yeah. to be bothered. He just has no right. interest in talking to anybody. Exactly. He doesn't want to be bothered. So he was my one little piece of, you know, dangling interest in the Seahawks because, you know, I'm like, it'd be cool if this is the guy that is now going to be, you know, maybe MVP of the game. I don't know. Maybe, you know, a two-time Super Bowl winner who is totally anti mm-hmm. all of the stuff that you guys say he should be. And, you know, that didn't happen, of course, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. <laughs> talk about. But they are very – I'm not – and I haven't – I never was a big fan of Pete Carroll, not even when he was at USC. So I agree with you. They're a hard team to root for. Um, but, man, the Patriots are, are a little tougher for me to root for. And I, I really do like Tom Brady, but they're they're so tough me for me to to say, you know, it's your year, do it for me. I, I have a hard time with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm like at the beginning of the year, I picked my my Super Bowl prediction go left or lo- went right because I picked New England to represent the AFC, and I was way off picking New Orleans to represent the NFC. So I had to stick with with the Patriots in this game. I had to, but but just like you, I actually have a Tom Brady jersey. I think I have five jerseys in my life. And like Tom Brady wow. is one of the few jerseys I own. Yeah, I, I I love Tom Brady. Like I've always had Tom Brady is the kind of guy people only hate him because they kind of want his life. You know, I mean, there's no yeah, reason exactly. to hate Tom Brady. Everything about him is pretty much what you want to be. He's like that American hero of folklore and sports. Exactly. You know, that's just what he is. You know, but when the game was going on, you know. Obviously, we'll talk about the final play. I just want to focus on Brady for a second because when we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks, people are talking about like they're one of the best defenses of all time, all time this, all time this. They had a double-digit lead going to the fourth quarter, and Tom Brady destroyed them. Like, he was picking them apart. And not for nothing, what do you have, 41 completions in the first half alone? Tom Brady really didn't struggle. Those two interceptions, one of them was a great, a great interception by the linebacker. I think it was Wagner. Quote the interception. Yeah. One of them was yeah. a great catch by Wagner. The first one was terrible pass. You know, but other than that, Brady yeah. was kind of doing whatever he wanted at throwing the ball against him. Yeah, he was working his magic. He was surgical, the little dinks and dunks. And, mm-hmm. you know, he did that dinking and dunking all the way to the end zone. You know, and it's one of those things that, you know, he he is pushed on us, you know, from the great American story and, you know, made larger than life. So when you don't, see that in a game, like when you don't necessarily see larger-than-life play 
in the game, um, you know, where he's orchestrating the whole thing, you kind of miss it. And then it's like all of a sudden, like, wait, these dudes have put up 14 points, like, in a quarter, and we didn't even pay any attention to that. Whereas Peyton Manning, you know, brilliance is much more in your face, right? There's these big, deep, you know, mm-hmm. when you're back when there were, you know, when his balls didn't always just kind of float out there and wobble out there. But there were these big passes, these huge, brilliant, glorious passes, footballs flying in the air, you know, miraculously making it to a receiver in the end zone. And you you felt the the large stage of that play. There's really not a large stage to a lot of Brady's plays. He just goes out there and gets it done. And then the next thing you know, you're down to him. You know, you're down by three to the Patriots or, you know, all, losing altogether, going into the tunnel, trying to figure out what the heck happened to you. So I agree with you. He, it's it's not even – it's spectacular in its simplicity. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, we, we saw a simple, you know, a simple man, um, despite his larger-than-life persona, going up against a team that had a larger-than-life defense. And so that was the story until the Patriots won the Super Bowl. And then it's like, oh, oh, now I remember. Now I see what he did there. He just dinked and dunked us to dinked and dunked them into the end zone 20 times. So, you know, good stuff. I mean, it was amazing to watch him. Um, but, man, I, I just I saw it happening. And it was one of the it – it felt very hard for me to watch because I knew what was happening to the Seahawks. And, I, you know, despite that miraculous catch at the end, I really thought it was over for them. You know, and then it wasn't over, and then it was over. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and, and then during the game, the Seahawks, all of a sudden, they had a guy who was working at Foot Locker, Chris Matthews, like making the most ridiculous catches <laughs> I've ever seen. Exactly. And, 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 and once again, this brings it back to Russell Wilson, because, I don't know, i got to start a petition that Chris Collinsworth should no longer commentate during games. I can't stand Chris Collinsworth anymore. His voice annoys me, and he never says anything remotely intelligent during the game. You know, everything is so matter-of-fact, and he kind of laughs and giggles at his own joke. It's just so annoying, you know. But, but yeah. there, there was one pass in particular. Because Chris Matthews only caught three balls. But all of them were, like, pretty athletic catches from this kid that no one's yeah. ever heard of ever. And then and, and Chris Collinsworth says something about He goes, oh, man, Russell Wilson. Just look at how he puts the arc on the ball, putting it where his rec- only his receiver could get it. Are you serious? This is going to turn around and midair, catch it over his shoulder. That wasn't planned by Russell Wilson. Like, Russell Wilson was pretty much like, I don't know. I got no one open. I'm just chucking it. You know, and this kid was bailing out Russell Wilson. On, on two catches especially, the two bailed out Russell Wilson. And it's just – I bring him up because it's funny how the Super Bowl – Everybody always wants to focus on guys like Garrett Blunt, Cam Chancellor, you know, Marshawn Lynch. And there always happens to be a guy like a Chris Matthews that comes out of nowhere. And props to Julian Edelman, too, who did his thing during the Super Bowl. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, Collinsworth has – something has happened with with our relationship. (laughs) Because I loved him on Fox, and I loved him on – I loved him on – On the pregame show, he was good. Yeah, on the pregame. Yeah, when, when he was when on he, that when he was show. Howie Long, when he was with Howie Long, they had a good back and forth. So did I. I liked him so much. Yeah. But something has happened since he moved over to this Sunday night package. I don't know what it is, but man, or maybe it's just that I'm on Twitter now and everyone is like, you know, in the in the ride of time that I've been on Twitter, every time there is a Collinsworth commentated game, 
there is like so much trash talking at Collinsworth. Like people, and so I think yeah. it started to turn my opinion of him a little bit. But you're right, he there was a lot of credit given to Russell Wilson, and again, you know well, that's, that's, that's how Russell that's Sanders how he started. Yeah, Wilson had a pretty bad game. <laughs> he did, and so you know, and so now that's two bad games. You know, the one the the NFC Championship was really horrible. Um, yeah, that was horrible. You know, but it's two bad games back-to-back here in big, huge moments where no one has seemed to notice that he hasn't exactly. <laughs> he hasn't done well, including the people calling exactly. in the game and including the people who don't want him. You know, I, I tweeted out an article from USA Today um, yesterday, which was really well done, a little short little piece about the fact that that play, that final play was Russell Wilson's fault. And people responded to that like, oh, no, of course it. And I'm just like, so you guys don't want him to take any of the blame for what happened on that play. And he just has to. He has to. But he's been getting away with it. Lo and behold, I mean, Pete Carroll, of course, has stepped up and really done the honorable thing as head blame. coach. Yeah. But come on. I mean, that that thing is, is a bit on Russell Wilson as well. It's not all his fault, but it's majorly his fault because that, that just yeah. shouldn't have happened. And, and, and let's be honest, like, here's why I'm glad you brought it up, because it's the point I want to go back to. If, if that's any other quarterback who makes that throw in that Super Bowl and the game is over, if it's Brady, if, if man, I, I, think, I think Twitter would have blown up if it was Tony Romo who threw that pick, you know? If it was Brady, Romo, even someone like Matt Ryan, if it was my man Cutler, anybody, they would have said, oh, he's not clutch, oh, he choked. Exactly. Russell Wilson, Wilson, that was a terrible play call. He he shouldn't have made that throw. You know, I mean, I understand. Because the coverage is right there. You don't don't throw that pass. You know, he was just trying to force it in there, you know, and it didn't work out. But let's go to the play call, though. You know, because as as we both stated, you know, we're kind of iffy on Russell Wilson. I'm a little bit more on the uh, I don't like Russell Wilson yet. You're still – I I think you're a better person than me, and you're you're trying to wait till he can, like, come out of his shell, and and you're kind of happy you're rooting for him. Me, I just don't like the kid. But – I don't have a legit reason yet. I don't have a legit reason until I can say for sure. I have no reason for any of my hatred anywhere. I just spew (laughs) hatred all over the place because I have issues like that. I have no issue why I hate these people. But Marshawn Lynch, let's be honest. You put the ball to Marshawn Lynch every single time you're that close, especially in this game, especially because it's the best back in the league, pound for pound, and you just need, what, was it one yard down there, two yards, whatever? You just give it to him. Like, like. So what I'm saying is I think this coming back to Russell Wilson and that I think Pete Carroll just wanted to show the world that his quarterback could throw the winning touchdown pass. That's what I think happened. Well, and I, you know, I hate for it. I hate to have to agree with you, but I really think that that is what <laughs> it comes down to. And the thing is, he got you there. Like Marshawn Lynch got you there. Mm-hmm. Like that happened. He got He got you down to the one. Um, you know, so the, the miraculous catch happens, and then you give it to him, and he runs, and he gets it, you know, deep, deep in there on a little whatever, a very tiny little run. But, you know, it's something that I expected to see for the next two downs. And I don't I, – I've never been so irritated by – like, that wasn't the Tennessee Titans, which is the team – the only team that should ever do be able to do anything in a football game, and I just lose my mind. But I can't – I mean, I was going that, 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 that crazy. That often, but all right. 
<laughs> that has happened on. I mean, you know, we had our one Super Bowl chance, and it, you know, fell short at the one yard as well. But, yep. Yep. but not with a pick because Steve McNair <laughs> would not – I mean, may he rest. That would not have happened. Yeah. I don't understand – how something could upset. I mean, I was really, really, really upset because it was such a boneheaded decision. So now I have to, you know, so now that's etched in my mind as a boneheaded ending to a Super Bowl. And I don't like that. I hate when I see dumbness. And it was just so irritating to me that they would try to go for it. It, Basically, and, and not just because you have Marshawn Lynch, but if you have another running back, first of all, you're playing the Patriots. You should be trying to make sure uh-huh. there there are practically zero seconds on the clock when you do get in. Like, you don't want them to get the ball back. So, even to me, to be in a position where you're trying to hurry up and score because you want this big glorious fanfare for this guy is ridiculous. You need to be t- making sure there's no time. There's zero on the clock when you k- kick your field goal. Um, but the other thing, that happened another time in the game. So, there were two other plays that I thought – that I actually said when they happen, this is going to be very important to whatever happens at the end of the game. The first one was that it was the play where they went ahead when they got to 17. When Seahawks got to 17, Marshawn Marshawn Lynch, they gave him the ball at the third and one. He didn't get in, and they kicked a field goal. Now, of course, that was the reasonable thing to do, but the fact that they didn't get in right there made me feel they needed to go ahead and they needed seven points. I thought. Um, And then the Patriots rolled on from there. So the other thing is there was another play when there was a third and three, and they were, you know, midfield, I think, just just below midfield. And they go for this big, huge, long pass instead of trying to run the ball. And the throw misses, of course. And they come away with no points there. And I said, you know, that's going to really cost them. That's going to be the thing that makes that puts them in a position to lose. And it really was because they didn't score any more points. I mean, the Patriots just ran off. That was the end of their scoring. Um, so I, I don't, I don't understand how you make that call in that situation. Maybe it was because of that third and one earlier in the game that I'm talking about. But even still, you've got three more opportunities to get this bar, two more opportunities. I forgot what, what when they threw that horrible pass. But they have chances to get it in, to punch it in um, with Lynch, and it was horrible. And no one wants to say, and to go back to your point about um, Brady and, and Manning, or you didn't say Manning, I'm adding Manning. Romo, you know, Romo. Chalk that up to mine, chalk that up into, you said Romo, but chalk up my adding yeah. Manning into this because of my AFC South girl for all these years. But, you know, they would have <laughs> taken the heat, but the, here's the thing. Yeah. They wouldn't have done that. Like, if that call came in to the headset, there is no way Peyton Man- – well, Brady definitely wouldn't have done <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no I, I'm pretty sure Baker would have audible down, like, yeah, we're definitely changing this playoff. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're definitely – And another quarterback in his right mind. You have Marshawn Lynch. Any quarterback in his right mind is just like, no, that's just dumb. We're just going to run this. I'm just going to tell the coach I saw a, a safety in, in coverage or it's just lie. <laughs> Like, I'm just going to say a lie. Like, no, we're going to give it a bit. You know what's funny? You mentioned that they, they threw that long pass on 33, and it missed. Meanwhile, in the NFC Championship game, when they were doing their comeback, it was third and six. And you know what they did? They handed the ball off to Marshall Lynch. He gave him seven yards. You know? So, 
<laughs> so that their play calling makes no sense whatsoever. And I kind of think Pete Kyle just, I mean, and credit to him being successful, I kind of think he coaches games like he's playing video games. Like, whatever feels right. right. You know, he's like, ah, the hell with it. I, I'm, I'm going to do this now. I don't care. You know, he just coached. I mean, like I said, it's gotten him this far. But that play, at, at the end of the football, credit to Michael Butler, and that was a nice interception by the rookie. He came out of West Alabama, I think. You know, credit to him. Great interception. But the game's over. We got a new Super Bowl champs, New England Patriots, and I'm glad because it, it adds to that, that um, Belichick-Brady era. I mean, I, I, I don't mind Belichick. I don't mind Brady. I don't care if they cheat because I definitely know if I was a Patriots fan, I'd be like, go ahead and cheat. I don't, I don't care how you win. As a Chicago Bears fan, I, I wish all those guys were on steroids and cheating because that was the most miserable <laughs> season I've ever seen in my life. You know? So, like – I mean, I, I don't want any fans. Uh, except like, for the oh, Titans, except for the Tennessee Titans season. Except for the Tennessee Titans. I mean, nobody had – our season was worse than yours. So, absolutely, my friend. If that's what we're uh, having to resort to at this point, figure out a way to win games, however you need to do it. If all my guys are going on steroids, on the sign me up. If all my guys are on steroids, Adderall, just sign me up. I'm tired of being mediocre and losing. But um, exactly. we've got about six minutes left. Um, I wanted to get into your piece, though, because I, I actually started writing a piece last night on the Atlanta Hawks, and, and, and I was saying how it's just team ball. Like, they're, they're winning these games. They have, I mean, no one expects the Hawks to do this. I mean, they're Atlanta. You know, the Hawks are usually that, that, that team that's either the fourth to the eighth seed. You're, you're out of the first round. Nice to see you. You know, and the Hawks right now, they're playing like the Spurs, which, you know, signify team ball. And on the sports exactly. sportsfanjournal.com, um, you have an article on there called It's Time to Fall Out of Love with the Big Three Structure in the NBA. Um, just explain what you were saying in it, because I agree with you all 100%. Well, I was just talking about, you know, when that whole Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce, you know, trio came together back in 2008, I think, or summer 2007, you know, it just it it began the modern day obsession with the big three. You know, and so and and you know, finding these and not just three talented players, but finding three. You know, there's this whole thing about finding three guys who are ridiculously talented, superstars, probably top three at their positions at the time they come together, maybe top five. So there's been this hustle to try to make that happen, and I think it was born out of you know, the brilliance of what the Celtics were able to do. And they were able to do it in a very short time. I mean, they brought the, the crew yeah. together in, in the summer, and then they won, you know, the next June. Um, but, you know, that thing fooled us. I mean, it's very difficult to have three players of that level of talent on your team. And it's not just about that level of talent. It's about how they fit together. It's about egos. It's about, you know, I mentioned in the piece, you know, the three big points I called out is, first of all, you need to consider the point guard situation. You know, probably don't yeah, want to have – if one of the point. big three is a point guard, it's going to be a big deal. And I think we're seeing that – you know, we were. Cleveland's on a run now. But, you know, I think that is a thing that comes up when you talk about the Cleveland conversation. When you have the Cleveland conversation about LeBron, Irving, and Love, is the fact that there's, you know, there's a lot of strife there in who's going to bring the ball up, who's going to make the pass, who's going to, who gets the touches. Um, and you, the Celtics almost, didn't have that problem because they had Rondo. That, you almost kind of see that with the Clippers. You saw that last season in the playoffs. Like, that, that's what it kind of turned into. And I love Chris Paul, you know, but you're right about that. You know, you saw that, that there was such indecision about who's going to take the clutch shots in the fourth quarter. 
you know, because Chris Paul wants it, but you got Blake Griffin on it, you know. So that, I, I, exactly. the point you made of the point guard was, was great. I, I was going to tell you that when I, when I read the article. You know, and then so the other two points I think that came around, first of all, was like, the, you know, the sacrifice is going to happen. I mean, you talk about sacrificing uh-huh. stats and rebounds and points, but really some guy is always going to be – it's like there's a promise of a guy being the butt of a joke here. You know, and Chris Bosh was that – when that, you know, when that group came together in Miami, you know, because really before Chris Bosh got there, we we all knew he was a beast. And then when he got to Cleveland, uh-huh. he we we treated him, even though we understood he was still hooping. But we sort of treated him like an also-ran. Like, we, we didn't put him on the – it was really – the conversation still turned quite a bit to Wade and James. Um, and now Kevin I, Love's I, in a I, situation I Bill where Simmons he's an referred to him as the bass player in a heavy metal rock band. That's how he referred to Chris Potts. Because he's not the lead singer, he's not the lead guitarist, he's pretty much the bass player in the Miami Heat. That was rude. Yeah, I know, it's a horrible hit for somebody to have to take at the point that Chris Bosch was in his career to be now considered the bass player, the, the Tito of a very successful, you know, boy group. And Love is having that same, you know, Love's in that kind of in that same spot now where there's not, and you know, they've done so much in Cleveland now. They got J.R. Smith running around there chucking up shots. Um, but, you know, Kevin Love's in, in kind of that same spot. And the last thing I talked about was really the ego, you know, because the, the Lakers attempt to bring, you know, the the three together, which yeah. was, I guess was going to be Dwight Howard. I guess we put Steve Nash in there, but that was going to be their big yeah. three. And Kobe was the only one of that group that had won a championship. So a lot of his his pitch was, come here, so let me come here so I can help you guys win the championship like I have. You just know that's not going to go well in too many places. I mean, <laughs> imagine if that had been what Kevin Garnett was saying to Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. That probably that group probably never even comes together. And now I think we're seeing a little bit of that attitude with LeBron James, kind of like, okay, these are young guys, my team, my group. And, you know, there's this thing where you can feel that it's always about the fact that he's already done this. So we got to wait and see if it's going to work out, if, you know, he can suppress that enough for people to be drawn into him um, for them to get it done. I mean, they're on a, they're the, you know, I just saw an article that they're the hottest, hottest team right now. Of course they are. The Hawks lost last, <laughs> last night. So now they've got the longest winning streak. Of course. Um, but I just, yeah, and I that, still we, don't we, know. We only, got a, we, only got a, we only got a minute left. Oh, sorry. So. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I, I don't know if they're gonna win. I don't know if the the Cavaliers are gonna do it. I don't. I still. I don't think that thing's an automatic formula. I, I never have enough time with you. I don't know. It, it seems like I'm always up against the clock with you, Russ. Like never have enough time with you. Um, I got that, maybe that's my fault. Well, I will say the one thing I didn't like about your article is that you took a shot on my Brooklyn Nets so that Joe Johnson, Brooke Lopez, and and Deron I didn't have to be reminded of that. I didn't have to be reminded of that. It was, it was a good thing you put that towards the end, or else if you wrote that in the top, I, think I would have read it through. But thank you once again. Um, follow her on Twitter, R underscore Trinity. Um, another great job. You, we're going to make it more consistent at least once a month, once every three weeks, something. I will definitely be in touch with you. Thanks a lot, Ross. Thank you. Talk soon. All right. Be good.
Tonight, 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 tonight